Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Engineering Wellbeing, with our guest, Tara. Thank you for being here today, Tara. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Tara McFarland. I'm a geotechnical engineer by trade. I've had about 25 years experience in the industry and uh, started off thinking I was going to be a geologist. So my first degree is in geological engineering. Um, And then found my way in geotech by needing to find a job. And so (laughs) I found a job with a small local company pretty soon after I got out of school. And that led to me actually just basically growing my career under the geotechnical engineering umbrella, which is a branch of civil engineering, really. Combination of civil engineering and geology. And uh, I spent a few years with a small local firm and then it started to move up into bigger companies. I eventually landed at the Bureau of Reclamation for 15 years, working exclusively on dams and exclusively in dam safety. And that's really where the bulk of my career has been. I also have started my own company, a coaching company that I've founded, which is centered on leadership coaching because one of the things that I noticed in my career was that we as engineers, aren't so great at communicating. And part of the reason why we're not great at communicating is because I feel like we're always trying to mold ourselves into this little tiny box of what an engineer is supposed to be and how we're supposed to act. And then that just leads us to really not even knowing how to show up sometimes. So that is really why I started that company. Wonderful. And I think communication skills are very important for engineers. That's why I teach this course at U of A on engineering communication, and I'm excited to chat with you today. You've answered the first question a little bit already. Why did you choose this career? Yeah, I did answer it a little bit, like falling into geotech. I would say, though, that I didn't necessarily choose engineering. I was in high school. I was told that I was good at math, but I really didn't like it. I liked science and I liked history. However, I got steered into the engineering school, the Carl Warner School of Mines. I live in Denver. Seems pretty obvious just to take a run up the street to Golden to go to school. And at that time in my life, I just felt like I had to say yes and go along with whatever I was told to do. So that is how I ended up in engineering. Specifically, I chose geological engineering because it had more of the science. My brain worked a little bit better with the science part. And I flailed through all of my engineering classes (laughs) to graduate. It was really a five-year experiment in perseverance to be able to get that degree. I think that is not an uncommon story of some of the challenges of getting an engineering degree. That kind of leads into the next question. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? 
I really wish that I knew before graduation that I was depressed because in hindsight, one of the things that happened for me when I was in college was that I'm pretty sure I was depressed through most of my college career and I didn't know it. I just had a whole lot of perfectionism going on, just trying to be good enough, comparing myself to everybody else and basically masked it, masked all of that stuff with the overachieving. I did visit a couple of counselors at the school and got a little bit of counseling. But one of the things that I realized is later on was that I wasn't really open to hearing what they had to say. I really wish that I had been a lot more open to the idea that maybe some of what was going on for me was because I was dealing with depression on top of the stress of being at that school. So I graduated from Mines in 1997. It was still very much, I don't know what it's like anymore today. I hear engineering schools are getting a little more broad and and inclusive. But at that time, it was like 20% women. And it was very, very much a course curriculum where you knew which ones the weed out classes were, and they were extremely difficult. So there was a lot of trying to prove you could hack it. So yeah, that's, it was definitely a challenge to get through that. I will confirm that the male to female ratio is much improved. Even in the last 10 years, since I started teaching the course, I've moved over from communication to engineering. So communication is my background. Before, when I used to have two or three female students, it was looking at my fall roster and it's going to be like 45%. My class right now is at 60, a lot more female students in that program, which is wonderful. I think you also, you brought up the important point of mental health. And I know that is a topic that is of interest to you. And I think too, like we, we graduated around the same time. And so I very much affiliate with being Gen X. I think they talk about Gen X, just we box our feelings in general and we don't talk about it. And I feel that the students coming out today, like mental health is talked about more. I think that's a very good thing. That is a really great thing. And I can see that too. I see it in the younger engineers that I work with and just in general. Um, yeah, I have little kids, right? I have elementary and middle schools age kids now. And so I'm even seeing it earlier and earlier in the some of the schools within the school system that we're in, really paying attention to that. Yeah, I think it's a welcome change and it can only help society to talk about it openly and make sure that people know that there's resources and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It is just a very much part of the human condition. So the next question is, can you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? I had a very challenging professional situation when I moved about 16 to 17 years into my career from a very technical type track. I was a technical team lead. I had been doing design on dams for, uh, not new dams. (laughs) I've been doing design on modification for dams and inspecting dams and things like that for a good chunk of my career. And I moved over from that role into a program manager role within the dam safety office that was really more of a non-technical role, had a lot to do with understanding how team dynamics functioned, understanding 
the way that our projects needed to be managed. And one of the issues that I had with that was I hadn't been given any opportunities really to develop my own leadership up until then, except for these very technical opportunities where everyone's speaking the same language. And all of a sudden I had multidisciplinary teams and multiple offices and multiple priorities and trying to get everybody together on the same page. The four project management classes that I took once I moved into that position didn't give me those skills either. So basically, I found myself in a position of having absolutely no idea how to really communicate with Mm -hmm. the team and to get us all on the same page so that we could have a positive outcome in the project. And the stress of handling that really started to break me down until about three years into that role, I completely burned out. And I had to be asked to be taken off of this project to be taken out of my position to go part-time and really figure out why was it that happened. So in talking about mental health, I'll just share too that I had been on my own journey of working through my own depression. I had some anxiety. I was working with a therapist. And at the time that I burned out, I was not working with a therapist at that time. I was taking a break. But it did make me understand that I had to go back and really start to understand why and unravel what happened. I thought I was just going to climb the corporate ladder. And I didn't. I just, I like, I burned out about halfway up. (laughs) And that's when I started to realize that it wasn't just me who was having these issues. I had my own experience of it. A lot of it had to do with the perfectionism piece, not knowing who I could go to for support and things like that. But also I wanted to support the younger generation of engineers coming up in really what is it that you need to understand and what you need to know about your own leadership. And a lot of that has to do with what is it that you actually like to do versus what you're good at. Because sometimes you can be really good at some things that you don't necessarily really like. And that creates a stress. And really finding out how to hone those skills where you want to be is what I specialize in because I really believe that once we get us out of this box situation of everyone still needs to act the same, be the same. And, you know, it was a double-edged sword for me. I would be punished for acting the way I thought I was supposed to act. And then I would be punished for not acting the way I thought I was supposed to act. So I think really being able to embrace the whole person is going to help us in terms of having an industry that's inclusive, embraces differences, and becomes a lot more creative as we move forward with all of our aging infrastructure, because we need to get real creative real fast. (laughs) I think also when you were talking about success, I think it's important for the students to understand that success for one person will look different than success for another. And I think one of the stresses, especially when they're in their undergraduate career is comparing themselves to each other and not really realizing that they're on different journeys Mm -hmm. and it's about the destination and not how quickly you get there and the route you take. Exactly. I don't think that's something that was really embraced, especially when I was going through school. Yeah. And that's been a new concept over the last five years. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's interesting. I'll put my faculty hat on. Before I felt we were very much faculty driven. And now I think, especially with COVID, 
there's been a change in the, and maybe it's a generational thing where the students are much more assertive on making sure that we know what they're looking for and what they expect to get out of the program. When I feel like when I got into teaching 20 years ago, students just were very much accepting this is the way it is. Yes, I agree with that. I think I've seen that a little bit even in my little kids. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I would ask people to take a step back. And it, there's always these entry-level positions that we feel like we have to go into. Once you get that job, I would say start to really pay attention to what are the things that you're really liking to do versus the things that are more difficult or they just feel like a slog and see how you can get more of what you like to do. For me, it was I, technically I'm fine. I'm technically proficient, but I don't really like to do the technical design. I found myself in technical design for a good 16 years of my career. Really, I like the big picture, more the project management, more guiding people, right? That's really where my sweet spot is. And I didn't recognize that as a strength of mine early on enough in my career to start to really develop those skills. So that's why I say pay attention to the things that you get really excited to do. Because often this is the thing that I find is almost universal across industries. The things that we are really excited to do and really good at, we almost can't see because they feel too easy. And we spend a lot of time spinning our wheels, trying to focus on our weak areas instead of developing our strengths. And I think that the shift in recognizing what your strength is, the things that you think are easy are not easy for somebody else and vice versa. So really paying attention to those things that feel easy, they're fun, you really like to do them and see how you can get more of that as mm -hmm. you start off. Yeah, I always tell my students, life is too short to be unhappy and really try to pursue those things, both in your professional life and your personal life that bring you happiness. And the other thing too, is to not be afraid to reach out for support. When, you know, one of the things that noticing is that there's always an offer to reach out for support from somebody who wants to mentor or something like that. And people don't necessarily take advantage of that. But having that support can really help shape your career and can help you learn how to be assertive and also keep you out of this the death spiral that can happen when it comes to trying to get it right and not understanding if you're getting it right and trying to be perfect, but you really don't you really can't be perfect. Nobody can, which can really contribute to your mental health. Like in, in terms of it getting worse or getting better, always having support from somebody you trust is essential in keeping your mental health in a space that you feel like you're successful. Whatever success means for you. Yeah, and I tell my students that it's really good to have that professional network outside of your immediate coworkers and of course, your family doesn't want to hear about the trials and tribulations at the office all the time. It's good to have that professional network that you develop over time and you're starting it in your college career to have people to be able to say, hey, I'm running into this engineering problem or I have this client issue and, and just use them as a soundboard. So then you don't feel as isolated in those kinds of situations. It's so helpful to have somebody like that 
that's something that I learned a lot later. And again, one of those things that I wish I knew and paid mm-hmm. attention to when I first went in, instead of feeling like I need to just do everything yeah. and just know it all. We don't know it all when we get out of school. We don't yeah. know hardly anything. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't feel like I know what I need to know. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.